Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia, this is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Well, I'm excited to be with Athena Scalise Waite, wellness and success mentor and owner of Wise Oils Wellness. So thank you so much for joining me today, Athena. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to flush it out with you today. Definitely. So Athena and I connected because I had written about kind of, you know, my journey with life and what I'm doing and kind of posing the question of, you know, how do we know as we're growing, which direction to go in and, and how do we know if we need to go after certain, you know, whether it's different jobs or certifications and whatnot. And so we ended up connecting and kind of fleshing that out offline. And what really came out of that was kind of this whole idea is, you know, as we travel through motherhood for a lot of us that are mothers, um, Athena, you have children that are teenagers, right? College. Actually, my baby just turned 18 on Sunday oh and goodness. is preparing for college. And my eldest daughter is going to be 21 this summer. So I can wow. send her to the ABC store <laughs> and Yay. she'll be a senior in, in college. Yeah. Oh my so goodness. I'll be an empty nester in the fall. I just You're... cannot believe it's done. You know, they we're here. <laughs> it's so crazy. crazy. Cause I mean, my daughter's 10 and it's like, I still think of myself as a a young mom, you know, a new mom. And it's like, she's 10 and she's Eight young. Years. So she'll be off. Yeah. Boom. Done. So yeah. you've had quite the journey. So I would love to dive into that and kind of hear where you're at today, because you've been going through that process of empty nesting one kid or not empty that wrong term, but you know what I mean? Launching one and about to launch mm-hmm. the other, but tell us a little bit about you first. So, um, I have a bit of a exotic background because I worked for NATO um, over in Italy for eight years, well, two years in Naples and six in Rome. And that's where I met my Scottish husband. And uh, we, I, I think we made beautiful babies. Um, my daughters are um, just a real joy uh, to, you know, experience the they're growing up. And, um, but prior to that, I worked for NATO uh, in Rome and I was working with people from all different NATO countries and Partnership for Peace countries, which were the former Eastern Bloc, and got to boss a lot of generals and ambassadors around. So that was really cool. Uh, and prior to that, I worked for a nonprofit coral reef conservation group in Key West, Florida called Reef Relief. And I was their first paid employee uh, as uh, the coordinator for the volunteers and running their education center. And it was a really wonderful experience to work with a nonprofit. So those two sides of myself always involved some organization, some planning, some managing people, but also this aspect of working for the greater good. And I do feel very called by that because when I was growing up, in high school and before when I was younger, like 11, I wanted to be a a lawyer for women's rights. And then when I was kind of going through high school, I saw myself maybe going to the Peace Corps or, or the United Nations. And then I ended up at NATO. So, you know, and then I've always been a big, um, a big uh, advocate for the environment and for protecting our natural resources and, so all of those things just kind of 
for me, it's interesting because I, I haven't always been super organized about how things come about, but they kind of come about. <laughs> well, so it's funny you I said think- that because I was like, wow, you had like some hardcore goals and then you did these amazing things. So it's funny to hear you then say like, I wasn't super organized with it, you know, like, isn't that funny how our journeys unfold? I think it's almost like mental vision boarding because it wasn't like I necessarily mapped it out on a vision board, but I kind of had this pull or this tug towards certain things. And then they started, they came into my life um, in various ways that, you know, looking back really just now for the first time, I'm seeing that they were manifested, you know, but I didn't realize it at the time. Well, what I was hearing when you were talking was at a young age, it sounded like you were already connected to your value system mm. because, yeah. you know, so much, so many people, you know, you get on a track and it's like, well, that's just what I have to do. And then suddenly you wake up in 20 years and you're like, well, I only did all these decisions because that's what others expected of me. And mm. so when you talked about, you know, working for um, the coral reefs and then in NATO, it's like, Hey, wait, those were all tied into your passions mm. for younger. So that's like that whole, just at least with me, especially with parenting my kids, like kind of wanting to focus more on what is it called? Like not the lesson versus the rules, but something like that, you know, where it's like Mm -hmm. the heart, you want to get to the heart behind everything, not just Mm -hmm. have them fit into that box. So you're absolutely right. And I mean, and I, again, this is really for me, an insight just here and now. Um, And the fact that I'm driven by, by my values of integrity and authenticity and a, just a genuine caring for people, for humanity, for our environment. And so everything I do, if I look at it, stepping back is really driven by that passion. And without even realizing it, I'm working now in an arena that allows me to do that um, in a very meaningful way as well. So um yeah, it's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> you know, I hadn't really that had that me... moment to reflect. <laughs> Yay, I love it. That's my favorite part of flushing it out because, you know, it's all like, I just, you know, I say a lot, we're better together. And it's like one of those things where you kind of are just, I mean, it's not the best term, but like spitballing ideas, you know, you're throwing stuff out there and you <laughs> yeah. see what resonates. And, um, you know, a lot of times that's why mentors um, are so important, coaches, things like that, because it's like, they can point out like, when I heard you say that, it was like, oh, that's values driven. That's great. You know, and it's funny because when we're kind of in our own zone, it's like, I don't know why I did that. But then, like you said, you take that step back and you're like, oh yeah, that is mm-hmm. part of the journey. And um, I, I love that. The mental vision board. I think sometimes um, I was just talking to someone about that, how like visions boards came about and, you know, it's obviously resonates with some people, not with others. Mm-hmm. I love that idea too, of the mental vision board too. Mm-hmm. Just when you tie it to your values, it's just, it's there all the time. It's a guide. It's a kind of a, a guiding light. And I do have to say, I mean, uh, for myself personally, I, I have a strong faith and um, I wasn't really like as proactively involved in my faith until, geez, now it's like it a while ago, 2006. But I think that I do have to give credit there too, because I have yeah. turned a lot over to prayer and, um, and that's part of that, my mental vision board or that, that internal guide and my values that have, you know, kept me on the straight and narrow. 
And that's a big, I mean, that's a big value with having a faith value. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's kind of part of that pie. So, um, (laughs) so what, what do you think made that big shift for you in your life to kind of lean into that and lean into your faith and be led by that? It's my children, actually, I think, because um, when they were born, I mean, I grew up Greek Orthodox and I love the traditions and the church and all that, but I didn't feel like a particular personal connection. Um, Maybe it was the way it was taught. Maybe it was the way I grew up in my own home or whatever. But when I had kids, I just didn't want to force feed them something because that's what I did. So I actually started going to a Bible study so I could figure out what I believed and if I believed and why I would believe it. Um, And that was in 2002 when my baby, my oldest Mm -hmm. was two and they had a kid's program. Oh, is a Benny when you can get your kids in a program and get a few hours break (laughs) Yes, um, as a stay at home mom. Um, And through that journey um, in 2006, I, I had a very personal experience with, um, with Christ and, and, began a personal relationship. And um, that was sandwiched in between, by the way, a stroke in 2005 and breast cancer diagnosis in 2007. So he was definitely in the picture, you know, kind of, and I was very thankful to have, you know, a different perspective on my story, on my journey through that experience based on a more eternal perspective of my life, you know, and, uh, and also the idea that why shouldn't I go through a challenge when other people are struggling? You know, um, my mom, she's Greek and very dramatic. And she's like, it should be me, not you. And I'm like, why shouldn't it be me? Why am I immune from life struggles? I shouldn't be everybody's got one struggle or another, whether we can see it or not. Mm-hmm. And, and if this is my time, it's my time. I just have to prepare, you know, and um, so it's not martyrdom or anything. It's just, I, it gave me a different perspective and it allowed me also to witness what I believe um, to others and, and also provide some, some reassurance, hopefully that, yeah. you know, we can get through hard things, but we yeah. can't do it alone. <laughs> Definitely. And I'm grateful for you for sharing, you know, your story. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's so powerful too, that you kind of, you know, like you said, God was there the whole time, you know, and so, you know, everyone, kind, you know, there's so many, you know, different faith walks for different people, mm-hmm. you know, and so. Absolutely. And I'm um, very respectful and I honor yeah. everybody in whatever they yeah. choose to believe and whatever path they're on. Um, because um, I think it's just, I I think it's really important to just recognize that whether we recognize, uh, acknowledge a particular faith or not, that we can't do this alone, even if it's relying on on community, on friendship, Mm -hmm. on, you know, a stranger, even that we are not meant to live life alone. And um, that's really important for me as an extrovert as well. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, definitely. Same, same. And you, you, like you said, you, when you went through that, I think anyone going through a hard time, I know you and I have talked about your really passion for supporting women, you know, and whether mm-hmm. that's through your oils, but, you know, through the journey you've walked and that's kind of where you and I really connected, you know, mm-hmm. at that space where like our life experience is enough, you know, sometimes we get caught up in 
am I, you know, am I going down the right path is, you know, now that for you, like my girls are leaving school and now it's like, suddenly it's go time. Or, you know, for me, I, that's how I felt, you know, with my kids getting in mm. school, it was like, okay, well they're still home. So I shouldn't do like, I got to do something, but not too, you know, it's like almost stressing me out. And it's like, maybe we're just, maybe, you know, for me, I would say, you know, maybe God's just, he's meant to use me right here, right now, you know, and mm-hmm. however that translates into someone else's life. But, you know, it's, we keep saying there's message of you are enough, you're worthy, you know, just the way you are today. And, you know, when I was just because we live, we're worthy, we don't have to have any other qualification, but, you know, I was thinking as you were speaking about how our biggest um, hurdle is comparison, which is the Mm -hmm. thief of joy. And I think a lot of times we look at other women and we say, oh, well, they're doing this, they're doing that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Am I, you know, am I? I must not be good enough, you know, or I must be lacking because I'm not doing 10 million things or whatever. And I will say that, you know, in my situation with my health, you know, challenges and stuff that I always, I felt a lot of times like it was one step forward, 10 steps back. And Mm. it takes time to recover financially or, and physically for five years after treatment, I was struggling with severe fatigue. There were days I just couldn't get out of bed. And I had small children and a husband who was traveling overseas for weeks and months at a time. And I'd wake up and I'd be in tears because I couldn't function. Um, And so, you know, and thankfully, I found some resources that have been a game changer for me and allowed me to, um, you know, overcome that. But you know, my story is different from my next door neighbor or the other woman volunteering at school or whatever. And so I can't say, you know, she's better than me because she's doing 5 million volunteer jobs and I can only handle, you know, just taking care of my kids today or, you know, whatever. And I just think we have to be really kind to ourselves Mm -hmm. and gentle with ourselves um, and have more compassion for ourselves. Yes. I love that you reminded us of that. The comparison is the thief of joy because it's so easy to compare and lose sight, you know, of what we're doing and what we're supposed to do. So, yeah. um, I know, other, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and I think that's why we constantly need, I mean, it's like the path. I was talking to someone the other day about, I did this uh, six week meditation, um, mindfulness. It was like mindfulness mm-hmm. yoga, but I did it for pain management because I get mm-hmm. migraines and I love, I still use it to this day when I need to quiet my mind. Cause she would say, you know, if your mind starts to wander, you know, it's like a, a child grabbing it's, you know, a child wandering off and, and then grab, but grabbing its mother's hand to get back on the path. And that's just like my little, I, I can mm-hmm. hear her voice saying that. And I think like, that's how I feel about communities and why community is so important, you know, a strong community, mm-hmm. um, and faith and things like that. Cause it kind of like helps us get back on that path. You know, when we start to kind of compare and, mm-hmm. you know, make ourselves okay. all over the place, we need to too much in our heads, too much in the world, too much in like the media, yeah. all those things are, are, can derail us. We yeah. have to be, um, find ways to ground ourselves yeah. and to check in with, um, our true compass. Yeah. Oh, the true compass. Yes. Our values now, um, as a wellness mentor, and you'd already touched, you already mentioned this, but I'd love to dive in further. You talked about when you were diagnosed, 
because of your perspective shift that you'd had a few years earlier, it sounds like you went into it with, you know, the whole, why not me instead of why me it's the, why not me? Mm -hmm. Um, Because it could be anyone and, you know, whether it's a cancer diagnosis or just any really hard time, because, you know, I've said with 2020, the pandemic has gotten airtime that's gotten the publicity, of course, as it should, Mm -hmm. it's a freaking pandemic, Um, (laughs) but you know, it's the, um, the same storm, but everyone's in different boats, but I keep saying as well, but there's also different storms because you have this pandemic that, so everyone's talking about the struggles of that, but then you think there's people that are going through cancer treatments on top of pandemic, you know, all this stuff. And then not, not even physical health challenges. Then there's mental health challenges, Mm -hmm. family stuff, all this stuff. And it's so easy to get into the why me, you know, Mm -hmm. especially if you're someone who like tried not to, it's like almost like health, you know, if you've done everything right, you still can get a devastating health diagnosis. I was eating organic and not bringing toxins into my home and I still got a diagnosis. So, you know, there are things out of our control. Yeah. It's almost the harder you try not to. You know, the, the more you work on something to prevent it from happening, if it happens, it almost feels like that's the biggest recipe for disaster of why me? I did everything right. Mm-hmm. Why me? So if someone's kind of struggling through that, how, how do you walk? How did you walk through it? And what kind of insight mm-hmm. can you share? Sure. So, I, I mean, honestly, I feel like everything that I've done up until the pandemic prepared me for the, to be really in a place of service with the Mm -hmm. pandemic. I I just truly had nothing but gratitude that I've had my journey as well as all the years of training and experience that I've had through my essential oil business, done a lot of personal development. I've done, done, you know, trainings on oils, on mental health, on uh, wellness, you know, extensively, and I've been at this since 2011, but honestly, I've been on a wellness journey since I was 12. My mom started serving us alfalfa sprouts and baking her own bread when I was 12. And I was okay with it. My dad and my brother were not okay with, there's like horse food, but um, you know, I, I was introduced at a young age to the idea of being responsible for the choices I make mm. and making choices, you know, right choices versus wrong choices. Either way, there are going to be benefits or consequences. So I feel very grateful that I've had that uh, exposure early on. And it has informed me all through my life and my mothering, my pregnancies, you know, my, I have one of those, I don't know that I consider myself super crunchy, but I did have home births. My firstborn was born in Rome in a wine vat. (laughs) Yeah, very cool story. Yeah, all the names of all the babies who'd been born in that same wine vat were on the outside of the, it's a big like tub. Um, Yeah, so, but, you know, so I've already been kind of on this path Mm -hmm. of making choices, being really informing myself about every decision. Um, And Mm -hmm. that's tiring. And it's, you know, not, not everybody has the bandwidth. And sometimes I don't even have the bandwidth. Yeah. But when it's worth it, it's worth it. Let me tell you, it's priceless. And, and I think that most people don't invest that time or don't know, even know that they need to like make the time to make choices. And so Mm. 
2020 came around and I feel like I was very well equipped to help people in the physical realm and the emotional realm. Uh, and I've already been doing my business online and doing Zooms for years and it's an online company and everything comes to your home. And, you know, so it was a perfect formula for helping people organically to get some mm-hmm. solutions into their hands, um, you know, right away. But most importantly, I think I really like to approach whoever I work with, um, whatever issues they have, I like to also approach the emotional realm mm-hmm. because, Emotions drive everything. And we know Mm -hmm. now more than ever that, um, you know, our emotional well-being can have physiological impacts. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like a simple example, maybe your migraines might be driven by stress. They could be driven by hormones, Mm -hmm. right? But also hormones can be driven by stress. Mm -hmm. Um, Anxiety can cause people to have digestive upset or shortness of breath or whatever. Mm So our emotions have a physical impact. Anybody who says, you know, that has this detachment from their emotions and doesn't understand the physical um, impact it has is kind of lying to themselves because there's, there's, there's chemistry involved, our brain chemistry and our hormones and Mm -hmm. all that affect our well-being um, physically and otherwise. So last year, especially in this whole past year, um, everybody was in fear. The yeah. fear was a driving factor, the fear of the unknown, fear of getting the, the virus, fear of um, losing their jobs, fear of for their families, other members who might be getting sick. Um, yeah. And that could manifest in many different ways, difficulty sleeping, lack of appetite, overeating, um, you know, discomfort. And so I really try to help everybody by also getting them in touch with their emotions. And if we can start looking at affirmations paired with oils, doing some mindfulness, some kind of other things, maybe going to therapy, even Mm -hmm. medication, if it's needed, I'm not against Mm -hmm. Western or contemporary medicine. I, I just feel like there's a lot we can do proactively and preventatively before we have to go there. And so if we, or or once we get the crisis care we need, there's a lot we can do to help our bodies recover and go back to a sense of balance. So I love um, that you brought up crisis care mm-hmm. um, because I've talked um, about this. I can't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast or not, but I remember talking to a friend and I was, um, you know, struggling with, I was in the midst of my migraines and my stuff. And it was one of those, well, I know if when I do everything right, because of course I'm like an inner rule follower that I have to break free of kind of thinking that that's going to lead to success. I'm a rule follower too. And I, <laughs> yeah. I kind of like it, but yeah, you know. there's pros and cons to it all, you know, yeah. but um, makes but me a little square. <laughs> well, it's funny. I'm like, a, I, I don't mind the gray area, but you know, it's yeah, kind of sometimes here. was thinking if I do, I remember saying, you know, if I do everything right, I know that I can feel better. You know, if I, when I eat right and I do this and I do that and I do all the things, you know, so I don't need to worry about taking an extra step or, you know, medication and things like that. Cause I was struggling. And even though it ended up being for my migraines to help, I still was in this hamster wheel of it's almost like chicken or the egg, you know, and mm-hmm. I kept going around, you know, with her kind of sharing my stress of, 
you know, I don't want to take any extra measures because if, if I just did everything right, when like I have in the past, this wouldn't be a problem. And I just remember she said something kind of like, but that's a lot of pressure on you. And you're, you know, if you're at a place where you can't do that, and that's a lot of pressure to have to be perfect to enable in to, to have good mental health basically. And Mm -hmm. so I was glad you said crisis care, because the way I've shared with some people is I felt like I was in a pit, a mud pit, and I kept trying to climb out and I was trying to do everything right, everything to the best of my ability, but I just kept sliding in and I needed that rope and that rope helped pull me out so that I could start doing the things kind of in, a, I quote, in quotes, knew I needed to do. And so, mm-hmm. cause that's why I love guests like you and other guests who expose people to alternative ways to think or to heal or to mm-hmm. cope and all this other stuff. Um, but I, I just always love kind of reminding that it's all part of that bigger pie, you know, mm-hmm. it's and that true. it's not one way or the highway type, type thing. Absolutely. So. And that's very much part of my philosophy. It's like, yes, oils are a tool and we're an essential oil company, but we also have other products that are very um, clean and helpful. But, you know, nutrition is important. It's a foundational principle. Mm-hmm. Um getting our heads screwed on straight and that, and we sometimes need help, whether it be a therapist or medication or whatever, Um, you know, it all serves as long, but again, we have to, as much as we can be proactively involved in the solution. Mm. And I think the biggest challenge for me when I work with people is when they want someone to fix them, but they're not ready to work on themselves. And I, I will bless them. I will try to do whatever I can, but I can't, and people have to own their health. They have to own the outcome and they have to want to really get out of whatever mud pit they're in to, you know, have different results. I think that's why the mental health slash self-care part is so important. And and by self-care, I mean, mental self-care, because when you said they have to want it. I've read stuff and also asked myself this. It's like, are we identifying more with the pain? You know, what are we getting mm-hmm. from this hardship? Absolutely. And Sometimes I mean, I it know- is our identity to be the person yeah. who has this or that going on. Even yeah. in the cancer community, there are people mm-hmm. who I'm, I'll be in May. It'll be 14 years that I, since I was diagnosed. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and you know, and some people choose to kind of still have that very prominent identity in their cancer, mm-hmm. but I don't want cancer to rule my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I want, I, yes, it's a part of my story, but it's not who I am. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I'm actually on the board of the Barnett Searing National Cancer Foundation. And, um, you know, I do walks and, and do whatever I can to support the community. Um, but for me personally, it's, it's not the hat I choose to wear on a daily basis mm-hmm. as being a cancer. I call it thriver. I'm a thriver. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be called a survivor because that's just mm-hmm. the, the minimum on the bar for me. Yeah. But um, to what you were saying um, is that that's why I feel the emotional part is so important. If we don't get to those root emotions mm-hmm. and a lot of times those root emotions are really subtle, like I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. I'm unloved. Um, I'm, 
not perfect or whatever. If we can mm-hmm. help with those, it starts to unfold opportunities to start doing the self-care, to start being open to solutions and being more loving with ourselves to actually do them. It's mm-hmm. hard to, and, and honestly, I'm not preaching to anybody because when someone's in a deep depression mm-hmm. or in deep, severe anxiety, yeah, you know, there's no judgment there. If they, they can't even, you know, function and telling them to, you know, do anything is, is hard to ask, you know, they need more serious attention. And that's why the critical, you know, the crisis piece is really important. Sometimes people just need to something like immediate that can help stop the spiral and then they can get on with the other ways to support themselves. Yeah. And sometimes it can be the, the, the thing that helps, you know, yeah. it can be smelling an oil can take them out yeah. of a spiral. So yeah. yeah, everybody's different and everybody's on their own path, you know? Yeah. But like you said, it's the to- emotional well-being is, is really at the core. And that's for me, I feel like what I learned in season one of the podcast, you know, so many of my guests, um, you know, Christina Ammerman in particular, she talked about the core wounds and it, you know, she mm. talks a lot about how it comes down to being, um, unworthy and unloved. Those are the two kind of core wounds that people have. And, you know, it's one of those things when we first talked about it, it was like, okay, that's interesting. All right. And then, you know, as I've talked to more people and peeled back more layers on myself and talking to others, it's like, oh my gosh, it really all comes down to that. And if we kind of don't heal and, and, you know, there's, there's lots of different things people are struggling with, Mm -hmm. but if we don't peel it back the layers, it's like putting, you know, just a bandaid on, you know, three inch deep wound <laughs> like that, that little band-aid's not going to do anything. You can keep slapping that band-aid on, but until you actually get mm-hmm. in there, it's just going to, well, actually 2020 was the big rip off the band-aid mm. moment for our whole, our whole globe, our whole society. I think there were a lot of things that it ripped the band-aid off of, you know, mm. what do you racial mean by that? Ten- well, oh, yeah. it, racial, mm. the racial crisis, political mm-hmm. crisis, our healthcare crisis, mm. all the things that I think yeah. were there, but nobody was really addressing. Mm-hmm. Bubbling under the surface. Yes. Boy, did they boil over last mm. year. And so, you know, the other thing, I, just mentioning the worthiness thing, I just finished listening to Brene's, Brene Brown's Men and Women and Worthiness. Wow. What oh, awesome. a book fabulous book. And what she says it all boils down to is shame. Oh yeah. Yep. It's that core emotion, that core feeling that mm-hmm. just kind of we live with, uh, or, you know, we have to navigate, um, you know, you used to call it core wounds, yeah. but, um, yeah, yeah so it was very shame. good. Very good. Yeah. That's the, um, you know, cornerstone of the podcast and everything. And it's kind of what keeps me sharing, you know, even when I started to say, oh yeah, when I was going through that hard time, I had this in my head, you know, it was like, oh, do I want to share this? You know, I kind of start going through, you know, my own stuff. And then it comes down to, well, I think about that person, you know, and so it could be anyone listening, you know, but who's in that, who feels like they're in that mud pit, you know? And like you said, Mm -hmm. it's like, you're, you can't, there's a quote, it's actually from a a book, like a Christian themed book. It says, um, and actually I think it's a Psalm, um, or a proverb not to sing songs to a heavy heart. Mm. And I just really connected with that because I think 
you know, we live, especially when you're in an entrepreneurial world, in a business world, you know, direct sale world, all those things, there's so much positivity, motivation, um, you Don't know, they encouragement. Call that toxic positivity now. That's toxic a whole new positivity. Mm-hmm. Love it. I just touched on that on another episode too. And I'm like loving though, that they're doing that because yes, good vibes are wonderful. And, and that's the whole thing with emotional. It is, it's like having, but to, to get to that good place, sometimes you have to go to the dark, hard stuff. I mean, you and have you to can't dismiss it. it. You can't pretend it's not there. Oh, exactly. I'm just going to think positive and it's going to go away. You know, it's not, yep. that doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a, it's a journey and it's a process and it's, it can get messy and uncomfortable, yeah. but the outcome is worth it. And, and, and I think what makes me think about what it makes me think about is how I got to where I'm at. And mm. um, I had a lot of self-doubt and, and I mm. still struggle with that sometimes about, am I in the right place? Am I doing the right thing? Do people take me seriously? Um, you know, am I qualified enough? You know, all those yeah. questions, Be- but um, I think what you mentioned in the very, that you pulled out in the very beginning Am I living in my values? And mm. I can say yes. Yeah. And my core words are, um, well, actually my word of uh, the year this year was, is purpose. Oh. And, but the words that drive me, my bus are integrity and authenticity. And so am I living that way? I can say yes. And if, mm. if I, whether I'm baking cookies or educating people about oils or whatever I'm doing, as long as I'm doing with, with those foundations, then I, I'm, I feel like I'm enough. Yeah. And you are, like you said, just being, and, and the thing is too, is that, and for, you know, with, we've talked about faith, like the right people will be in your life. Cause we're not going to be for everyone. That's like a thing I keep telling myself, you know, yes. the, the, the recovering people pleaser is we're not for everyone. And that's why it comes down to, if you know, you're living with integrity being true to yourself, you know, being guided by your values, then, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the things that come up, you know, if it's not, not meant for us, you know, it'll, it'll go. And if we keep moving forward in those values and integrity, so. So true. Cause I recently had a situation that just really floored me for 24 hours. And then I just realized, you know, it's not me. And Mm -hmm. it's just, I mean, not that I'm, I'm perfect. I'm not, I mean, I, I can pretend I am, but I'm not, you know, and I, I yeah. make mistakes and I do stupid things, yeah. but in this instance, it was totally unwarranted. And, yeah. um, and after I kind of licked my wounds, I was like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. how come I gave up my power to somebody mm-hmm. who, you know, isn't my people. And so it was a good reminder for me. Yeah. And also once I kind of said, you know, I'm going to let go of this and mm. move forward. Lots of great things happened, you know? So also yeah. releasing that negativity, releasing mm. this negative self-talk um, mm-hmm. or any kind of pity party. But you um, worked through it. That's the whole thing. I worked is you through didn't it. just did. say, oh, now, no, you know, positive better. vibes only. You know, oh, you no. kind of oh, said, no, no. oh, this, what is this? And you I wallowed down. for, for yeah. 24 to 36 hours. I wrote yeah. out my feelings. I talked yeah. to some people um, and yeah. I prayed about it. And then I kind of was like, I can, I can, I, I know in my yeah. heart of hearts that um, 
what I'm doing is provides a service to people and I see the value in it and nobody is going to take that, rob me of that joy and that, and that um, sense of purpose. Definitely. And that goes back to what you said about Brene Brown and how everything at the core is shame. Mm. And the reason I kind of went back there is on a, a recent episode with Tina Unruh, we talked about how like basically everything we do is about us and not in a self-centered way, but meaning any reaction we have to someone, it all is born from within us. Like, why did someone react the way they did to me? You know, so we automatically Mm -hmm. think, oh, if they reacted like that to me about me, and they're saying this stuff about me, obviously this is about me, but it's like, no, you just triggered whatever stuff is in them. And I'm not saying we shouldn't take constructive criticism and things like that, Yeah, but that goes back to why we need mentors and truth tellers in our life. But it's like the older I'm getting now, you know, the more life experience, it's like, oh my gosh, it's so true. It is, it's our own Mm -hmm. stuff. And how often are we getting dumped on because of other people's unresolved pain and trauma and shame? And then it's affecting Mm -hmm. us and doubting our path in life and who you're meant to, you know, encourage and support and carry through life because Mm -hmm. it's like, we're all just dumping trauma. It's true. It's so So. true. I mean, even within our own families, there's a lot of that, you know, that happened as we're growing up and whatever, but it does, it's kind of like, I want to go back to my younger self and say, Hey, you know, Mm you're enough. You don't need anybody's permission or approval. And sadly, especially I think as women and mothers, young mothers, uh, we just often have so much self-doubt and so much Mm -hmm. self-criticism. And, and then it steals the joy of our, of our experiences. Yeah. And, you know, with our, with our children, with ourselves, with our families. And there's Um, so much comparison in that world, you know, you're just constantly, and then you get older and you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, it wasn't even about that. Mm. Well, you can see why these older ladies say, when I get old, I'm going to wear purple, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll do whatever the hell I want. (laughs) I'm not going to do it by everybody else's rules anymore. But as women, I think, and I'm hoping our, the next generations, like my daughters and your daughter, we are able to break away from those stereotypes and those expectations and those norms that really kind of shaped women up that, I think, at least through my generation, um, to be a certain way, to behave a certain way, to think a certain way, to Mm -hmm. conform a certain way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And not always just by men, by by older women who kind of, want to put you in line because this is how it's been done. So I I think if I had anything to say is that it's never too late to start being yourself. (laughs) Yay. So true. Yeah. It's so true. And that's, that's, I think it's a great way to wrap it up because when we're on our journey, I feel like, you know, the best thing when we're, when we work on ourselves, we naturally help others. Like when we're the best, you know, when we're the best we or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as mothers too, especially is that it's leading by example. Cause they see us, you know, we can say one thing, but if we do another, and mm-hmm. I'm really curious, like you said, uh, you know, what will it be like, you know, your daughters are adults now, you know, and my mm-hmm. kids are up and coming. And so 
you know, there's more people like you sharing your story, sharing your thoughts. I think that's why there's so much power in sharing our stories and our journeys, Mm -hmm. because if the younger kids hear this, you know, more often and it becomes the norm and it takes over kind of the, Mm -hmm. the stories of you need to fall in line. You need to follow this path, Mm -hmm. you know, you need to follow your path. So yeah. My daughters keep schooling me every day, and I'm just so mm-hmm. proud of them for having a whole different um, future, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't blame anybody because this is, you know, we're evolving. And yeah. thankfully, they're evolving as women to be have a whole different kind of perspective and language and expectation of the world. So I'm yeah. really excited for their their future. That's awesome. Past guest Don Gashiers talked about mm-hmm. um, our kid, like kids are our greatest teachers. And, you know, mm-hmm. and our kids as they get older just continue to keep teaching us, you know, and it's mm-hmm. shifting that perspective instead of us needing to be the ones to teach them. You know, we guide them and help them. And, you know, but mm-hmm. that it's a two way street. You know, it's not so just true. One way. So true. I think there's a big transition as a parent. I know we're wrapping it up, but as a parent is to yeah. move out of the disciplinarian role into more of collaborative parenting yes. and also then moving into a position of having some, being humble enough to understand that our children can teach us things um, and we don't have all the answers, you know. That is and some wisdom a, right there. <laughs> it's been a real journey and I'm, yeah. I'm just so thankful you know, so glad to kind of be on the other side of the transition because it was challenging, but worth it. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that. And I think once again, Mm -hmm. that kind of goes back to why it's so important to have friends and mentors and and just voices kind of helping us Mm -hmm. navigate because it's so easy to kind of just get locked in on your path. And so, um, Athena, I thank you so much for sharing so much wisdom today. If people want to get in touch (laughs) with you, how can they find you? So I have a website. It's wiseoilswellness.com. I'm also on Facebook as the same name or at wise oils on Instagram. And you can also just email me mywiseoils.gmail.com. And, you know, I really am thankful to be here and I'm happy to help any way I can in your community. So thank you so much. This has been great. I got some real aha moments out of this. And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. For all things flushing, visit our website at flushingitout.com. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.